Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bad Blood Podcast. This is the first and hopefully many podcasts. Obviously, we're still in my infancy, so you'll have to bear with us. I'm on intelligence-wise when it comes to computers. I'm I'm a kind of a, a a chimp, so that you'll have to bear with us on the sound. I'll, I'll be trying to improve the quality as time goes by. Um, but uh, I hope you've enjoyed. We've got a special guest today. Uh, it's Jeremy Boyle. This is a pre-recorded um, podcast. It was done last night, um, but obviously. Like I said, I'm in my infancy on the podcast stage, so it's taking us a little time to get things sorted and stuff like that. Today's uh, podcast is brought to you by cbdselection.co.uk. CBD is it's basically it's, it's, it's a brilliant healing product. It, it's used for many numerous things, uh, such things as... Uh, Reduces inflammation, reduces the muscle spasms, it, it, um, it reduces chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting for cancer patients, arthritis, chronic pain, chronic nerve pain. Uh, it, it really, really it, it helps with a lot. Um, I would recommend you go over to cbdselection.co.uk. They have various products there, ranging from skin products, vapes, e-liquids, even gummy bears. Um, we've got a we've got a discount code here for you for today. Uh, BBP six 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 for ten percent discount. That's BBP six 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 for ten percent discount. Like I said, I would head over. They've got many a great products. Um, nice guy who runs the business. Like I say, he's got many products uh, ranging from skin products. Like I say, the A liquids and the gummy bears. Um, so head over to cbdselection.co.uk and have a little look and see what they've got to offer. And also I'd like to give a quick mention um, to Peep Magazine. They've been very good to me over the years. Um, they specialise in photography, marketing, and journalism and also combat sports. Um, if you would like to head over there to issue.com forward slash peepmagazine.co.uk um, they've even got a photography archive on Flickr. It's www.flickr.com forward slash people forward slash peep limited. That's peep limited. Head over to issue.com as well forward slash peepmagazine.co.uk. Like I say, they've got a group of hosts, a very good archive. He's a good man who runs it. He shot some brilliant footage over the years, especially on the local scene. Um, it's really good. Just head over and check out the stuff. Um, right, that's it. Now I'm going to bring to you today's podcast. I hope you all enjoy. Thanks very much. Jamie, how are you doing? Yeah, very... <coughs> sorry, excuse me. That's fine. Uh, very well, mate. Uh, been really busy all... Well, um, started the last Paul Sykes book. Um, I wasn't going to do it for a couple of months, but... Uh-huh. As I can't get around to seeing uh, Brian Cockle for a couple of months for his sequel, um, yeah. I thought I'm gonna, you know, do it. And the uh, the Paul Sykes film was gonna start in September. Obviously, with the, the Corona, yeah, um, that bit that's been put back to next year now. Um, 
so yeah, I'm uh, I'm really busy, Lee. I've got literally like two years work. Landed with me. Uh, I have to kind of turn it down now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is something new. Do you know what I mean? But it's um. At, at least you're busy. Yeah. At least you've got a focus, and you know where you're on to in your path. Though, so it's got to make that a little bit easier in yourself for your mind, because um, obviously uh, being locked up for nine weeks. I mean, I've never been in jail, but I, I wouldn't like it because it, it's the freedom. Everybody likes the free, freedom. Um, not a lot of people have got focuses. You've got a lot of projects in the pipeline. Um, how do you yeah, keep? Yeah. How do you keep that focus? Um, well, I mean, I was 40 last month, and um, uh-huh. to be quite honest, I've got a job now that I would do it for free. Right. Um, you know, I've spent many years kind of, you know, being a forklift driver, what else, a doorman, um, labourer, just anything, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of stumbled across the Paul Sykes <clears throat> documentary in 2012, um, and I, I just put, you know, I, I spent about three years reading about him, mm-hmm. uh, and I put it to Steve Rafe, who I've just finished writing his book on, uh, a well-known Northeast author. Yeah. Uh, um, and I said, have you ever thought about doing a book on Paul Sykes? Because I'd be really interested. Um, and, and he kind of, uh, he said yes, and it, I think he just died away. You know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what happened so much. Yeah. What and was it? Thought, what no. was it in that documentary that gripped you? What was it that? that grabbed your attention well you know I, I, I basically I must have watched it about 109 times <laughs> read his book a few times and you know and, and, and basically I just you know after reading so much I just basically said right hold my beer I'll do it myself uh-huh. and yeah. uh, you know, I took, took my jacket off and I walked in the centre well city of Wakefield uh, and met everyone and um yeah, I just, I've, nothing in life has ever gripped me like um, that Paul Sykes documentary and it was the same as Steve Wraith you know he yeah. um, he read The Profession of Violence by John Pearson uh, that was uh, 1972 I think Steve written it so Steve read it in uh, the what 80s wow. and uh, he basically just became you know and then obviously Steve Wraith now he's written you know yeah. he's kind of known as a crew expert yeah definitely you know, 100% the one, yeah the one, the one thing I, I, I don't want to do is you know I haven't glamorised Paul Sykes' life because he was a bad guy oh. uh, you know I'm not here to make um, a, a fan club book but I'm not here to slay as I said the Lee Duffy ones oh. I'm not here to slay a dead man who's no longer here to defend himself I'm just here to uh. you know to can, find out the facts and um, can I just stop you, you know, there on the Lee Duffy books because yeah. honestly uh, the last three days it took two and a half days I reread the whole of the moon book and obviously yeah. when I tell you and messaged you saying that the uh, I fully enjoyed that and you said the second one is better blood moon um, the blood moon that uh, honestly it, I've read I've read Lenny McLean's I've read Bartley Gorman's but that one that gripped us I, I, just his character I don't know what it is but I don't know if it's because yeah. he's gone he's no longer with us he died young whether because like yeah. that stigma when you die young it, it, it enhances your legacy but reading the books I, I understand where people are coming from yeah. now He's such a figure. Um, it, it, and just to go along with your Paul Sykes, I'm busy reading that now. Um, at, honestly, 
the first I mean the first couple of chapters I can't wait yeah. to get back into it what a character I had seen the documentary but I wasn't too familiar yeah. with his surroundings and his upbringing but yeah. you've oh, you've done an amazing job so far mate very very good yeah uh, did, did you say you'd read the blood moon oh yeah definitely yeah um, I think the biggest thing with Lee Duffy that jumps out is Listen, rather astonishingly, that guy died five years from his prime. Yeah. Uh, you know, heavyweight, which he was, he was six foot four. Um, Tyson Fury's 31 now, he says mm. in his prime. Joshua, you know, yeah. uh, the, the heavyweight these days is about 31 when you're, you're, in your, you know, you're not going to get any better. Mm -mm. Um, Definitely you know, not. you think what Duffy's done, albeit good, albeit bad, listen, it, it, you know, I, I've, I've said it so many times over the years, Lee. Um, he, he's embedded his name forever in Teesside folklore. Uh -huh. And, you know, wh wh whether I come along, you know, it's the same as Paul Sykes. It's, yeah. you know, it's part of social history. And, you Definitely. know, when Duffy died, when Sykes died, um, even Roy Shaw, when I've done his book, and, you know, it's an end of a, a, an era. And, you know, it's, you know, Roy Shaw was like, well, <laughs> it's very much the same as them, but obviously he went on to live a, quite a long life compared to the other, um, the other two. Yeah, but, that, you know, Duffy, it, it, he was just a young kid. And, you know, when we're thinking these days, he was 26, two months and two weeks. So, I mean, 26-year-olds these days, they're, they're living at home with the man bit A 100%, um, mate. It just made a different stuff. Um, like you said there about Roy Shaw, I think what the interesting thing is there, it's a shame that we didn't get to see, I think it was the first fight with Lenny McLean when he beat him. Yeah. But then the yeah, second... Yeah, was destroyed, um, yeah. allegedly, by um, Lenny McWell. By um, a very, I've got to say, allegedly, Frank yeah. Warren. Um, but, but they were his very best fights. And right. Roger wasn't supposed to win that fight. And then, under mysterious circumstances, um, you know, that was never... No one's ever seen that. I mean, Roy was a millionaire, and he would have paid millions to, to see that. And, uh, Definitely. You know, the only the only they had three fights and the other two are available. Um, but obviously, the one way beat Lenny McLean just yeah. went walkies, and no one's ever seen it. Uh, that's see. I thought it was interesting that we got to see like a, a, not so much well, yeah, basically a passing of the guard in that in that type of respect of uh, because it obviously sure he dominated, and then obviously McLean he went on to dominate, didn't he really? Um, it's just a yeah. shame that we didn't get to see that with, with Lee Duffy. I'm not glamorising it myself. I'm just... And another thing to take away from that book, I was astonished at how much he was bullied when he was younger. That, that's got to... Well, being bullied myself from younger, it does leave scars, but and people do react with it differently. And, yeah, if you're yeah, going to beat the bullies... Yeah, well, you know something? I've just, I released, <clears throat> I've just released my 15th book this week. Um... <laughs> And a lot wow. of the characters, uh, well, um, Lee Duffy, Paul Sykes, Dominic Negus, Roy Shaw, um, yeah, the, you know, every, and I think they, they all become um, a product of that environment. And I, I, yes, people knew Lee was bullied, but I don't think people were really aware on you know, the level yeah. was. Um, from the age of about six to about thirteen, um, I mean, he was beat up by six lads when he was fourteen. Uh, what year was that? Nineteen. 
79 and he got a compensation of £80, which was a lot of money back in them days. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was then on afterwards that he started to become the Lee Duffy um, for the next dozen of years or so that we, we've all got to hear about. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've spoken to um, the next door neighbours, which is still there now. They've been in the house. Okay. Um, lovely family called the Cox family. They've been in the house for something like 50 odd years now. Wow. Um, and like fifth. Fifth, well, probably 20 of them, 18 of them were next door to Lee. My and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not passing judgment, but, you know, they said to me on several occasions that, you know, the, the father, Mr. Duffy, yeah. um, he, he, you know, did hear Lee screaming and, uh, you that's... know, one, one night he chucked Brenda, the mother, out the window. Um, God. You know, I'm just, I've, I've got to be honest, you know, this day and age, in the 21st century, I've no doubt that he would, He'd have been put into care, I think all of the kids would. But, you know, nah. being brought up in the 70s in that kind of environment, yeah. it was just kind of um, morally accepted, you know, if your dad drinks and beats you up, then it was just something, yeah, it you was. know, um, toughen, today, toughen your boots up. Have been, um, he'd have been put into care without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, that, that's and that's another thing I've noticed with the Paul Sykes. I didn't realise he got. I know he dealt with it a little bit differently from me. He ended up giving a couple of people a thumps when he was like fifteen, like all that guys. Like for instance, I'm not giving away the whole book or the chapter, but for instance, the coal man incident when he beat him up. I think yes. he was only fifteen, yeah. wasn't he? So it, it's it's. Well, weird. Um, I mean, I'm just writing it now. Actually, I've been typing it all day. Yeah. Um. Obviously, his dad was um, an incredibly wicked Yeah, very strict, man. super strict. Um, you know, he was in the army for 10 years. He was a prison guard. Um, he forced Paul to go into a boxing gym at seven. Um, you know, and he, he, he didn't want to go into boxing, um, yeah. but he was made, you know, and oh. I, I think I've used, used the, the term loosely. You know, be careful what you wish for because, you know, he, he basically made a monster. Um, and at the end, of, you know, when Paul got to like 15, he couldn't control him anymore. Um, you know, it basically, young Paul was made. Um, it, no question, you know, both his parents abused him. Um, yeah. You know, his mother, she, she wasn't the, um, she wasn't the, the timid mouse on the documentary that she uh, comes across, you know, she was, she was very, um, very manly. She had side nine feet, for instance. Uh, um, she, she'd be caught up with bottles and, um, my God. you know, I think, yeah, he was, um, he was the end product of, of basically two monsters bringing a child up. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, because she, she does come across as quite timid and uh, placid in that documentary. And also, she, come, she obviously must uh well, saying that that people comes across in that book saying that you did love us, but I didn't know that. That, that that's quite that's yeah. That's well, um, that. you know, I mean, I've, I had many hours with um, Paul's only sibling, Kate. Um, you know, and she basically said to me, my mother was de- was emotionally detached. Right. You know, yeah. she'd um, she'd sit there drinking, and she and she'd say to her, "I don't love you. It's Paul I love." Um, so you know, so there were there were two children um, brought up with real, real issues in life. No, um, you know, obviously Paul Sykes left um, you know a, a massive trail of notoriety. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're talking now, and the film's going to be you know it was there's going to be a multi million pound film happening next year. I'm um, a documentary, that. you know, five books. 
Um, the fifth book will be out in August, and you know. Have, have you got an involvement um, in everything? Sorry. Have you got an involvement in every in all of this? Yes. Oh, um, Western Edge Pictures have bought the rights to my books. Oh right, um, yes. And uh, my 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 company, which is um, Warcry Publishing, uh-huh. we own Paul's Paul's book. We bought the rights. Ah, uh, congratulations. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's kind of we get like um, you know, we get like a percentage of yeah. how well the film will do. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'd like I'd like to see that eventually for the Lee Duffy thing because I think you know it's only a matter of time. Um, that, you know, someone's going to come along and, I mean, I'm going to be making the Too Far Too Soon documentary this year. Oh, God, um, I can't got, wait for I've that. I've got a guy, um, I've got a guy in that who's in Peaky Blinders. Um, he's a film director and he said it's going to be basically his dream to write the, the script. Wow. Um, I think, I think when Lee Duffy, um, or should I say Paul Venice playing Lee Duffy. Yeah. When he's in the Sears film, and then, um, you know, when he's going to Newcastle, uh-huh. knocking all the bouncers out, saying, tell Gray and the Duffers been. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, think that, I think that's when it'll really explode and it'll make Lee Duffy's name. Do, um, do you, you know, know what, as Jamie? As anyone else, and that's when I think in the next three to five years, that's when, you know, the, the money and the, the films will come along and they'll think, right, who's this kid? Because, you know, listen, whether he'd done good, whether he'd done bad, you know, no, yeah. he was just a young kid, and he, was. he seemed to he seemed to accomplish, you know, such a lot in such a short space of time, and then he died, and then, you know, here's me and you talking nearly thirty years old. You know, he's been dead longer than he's been alive, and yeah, I'm gonna know, be. And I think that really speaks massive, massive volumes, and I think it's it's such a powerful um, it's such a powerful tale, you know, of, of just young kid. Yeah. You know, how did he come and, and just make such a, you know, how did he come and cause so much mayhem and chaos to the town of Middlesbrough and then died and, you know, and then, you oh. know, and then here we all are talking about him. Even, even, it, like, I'm not giving it too much away, but he mm. dominated even further down, further than Middlesbrough. It, it, it's that's what uh, the respect that he had in the prison. See where to, it's it in which way you would interpret a monster nowadays. We would interpret a monster as a paedophile, people yeah. who would harm kids, people who harm old ladies. Mm-hmm. Lee never done none of this. This is yeah. a, a, not glorifying or glamorizing anything he done, but that instant incident where he he's got that little girl in the wheelchair. She was in, uh, yeah. not the little girl, sorry, the lady. Um, mm-hmm. When she had the petrol poured over, uh, yeah. how it, the respect he showed her after that, during that, it was just. I didn't know it's just something about him where you you want to know more about a character and I think you are right when that Sears, when the Sears film does come out and Paul Venice who is going to play Lee Duffy um, I think people are going to be a little of a talk back but like I want to know more about him it, it, it's not on the scale but I kind of like it pack. he wasn't here much long but by the well, time he was, he was the same age, wasn't he? Was he 26, 27 when he died? Yeah, that's why I was saying it for. You come on the scene and just, he took, it was his scene. 
it was his it was his and at a, such a young age to dominate I, I just find it fascinating it was it's really weird um it's mad i've listened to that um on youtube that havana the um recording with lee and lee harrison oh, yeah. man but I, yeah i've listened to that a few times uh it's just mm. weird that that further enhances the truth of how we used to hunt viv down because obviously those are <laughs> he shouted him out on the mic, and I'm mad. It's just weird. I can't wait for that. It's, so when will that film yeah, be? You know, to, to be honest, I think it was probably for about six and a half months. He was just obsessed with him. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Nate Lee. At that point, he'd um, he went past Middlesbrough. He, he was very rarely in Middlesbrough them days. He was, you know, he was hunting yeah. him down. Paul Sykes was kind of past his best them days and he was very wary of him uh, I know that because I, you know I, there was a witness uh, when Paul tried to shake his hand Duffy laughed at him and turned his back um, <laughs> wow. you know and basically said who does he think he is me because uh, there was bad friction between the two for a, a number of years uh, yeah. I spoke to um, a prison officer in Durham Prison and he said to me listen we have to keep him at the opposite ends I think it was about 1988 right. um, you know so um, yeah you know that definitely there was bad blood for a few years um, you know, and it's, it's yeah, it's like the people were just fascinated. Um, but, you know, it's like with Paul Sykes. Yeah. He was he was such an incredibly um, well-read man. Yeah. And IQ was phenomenal. I, I, I and, was uh, astonished at that as well. Uh, very astonished how clever Paul Sykes was. Super intelligent, very intelligent man. He had, he had the BA, um, Open University, which he'd done in 1982. He had oh. A-levels, he had O-levels. Um, you know, a lot of people over the years have said, oh, you're telling lies. And listen, I've done my research. I've been in the Wakefield archives. Yeah. You know, I've spoken to family members. I've seen things with my own eyes. And that guy, um, he just, you know, he had a, a thirst for knowledge. Um, but obviously, you know, rather unfortunately for others, he had a, a thirst for violence, which was, which was greater. Yeah. And he just, you know, he just couldn't help himself but punch people on a daily basis. Very much like Lee Duffy. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Lee, the last year of his life, certainly the last 16 months of his life, um, you know, I sat with people I can't ever name and I will never, never will name. Yeah, right. But, so. You know, I mean, uh, for, the, for the documentary, I've got Lee's last ever victim. Oh. Um, you know, and he, he said, you know, he, he, he hit me that hard. He must have knocked me about eight foot across. I said, I've never been hit like that. Gross. You know, I've interviewed Paul Bryan, um, <clears throat> and he, he was arrested for the conspiracy to murder Lee Duffy. Right. Uh, I'm going to play his interview in the documentary, you know, and he said, listen, he said, I've been in prison now 20 years. I've been beat up by, like, uh, um, 10 Muslims at once. He said, he said, no one ever heard me like Lee Duffy. He said, when Lee hit you, it was just all black. Oh, my He said, God. he said, everything was just all black. He said, he was just a freak of nature. He was just... He yeah. was just, um, he epitomised um, a young, just a strong youth. You yeah. know, he wasn't like these skilled MMAs today. He was just... Um, Brute strength. He was just fearless. Um, and he was just a, a strong young lad who just was murderous, thunderous, um, powerful. You know, every punch he basically meant to take your head off. Yeah. Um, I watched a Gerald, <clears throat> I watched a Gerald McClellan documentary last night, actually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I, I met Nigel Byrne a couple of years back, and he said to me, it was that Steve Rafe do actually, he said, when I looked at um, Gerald McClellan, 
he said, I just seen a tall, skinny lad, and I thought, you know, it can't, it doesn't, can't be that hard. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, he said, I hit, when he hit me, he said, my muscles and my neck stretched. Oh, my God. And that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what Lee Duffy's power was. You know, he was an athlete over your average man. You yeah. know, look at people like Brian Cockrell. Obviously, Brian's an athlete in a very different way. Oh, you know, tremendously. He can't, he can't dance around you like Muhammad Ali, and he's not as agile as Duffy. But if he grabbed hold of you, it'd be scary to think of the damage he'd have done to you in his prime in like 10 seconds. And, if Brian you know, Cockrell got a hold of you, there's not much many of men could do. And that man in his prime was a supreme specimen. It just yeah, muscle upon yeah. muscle. Um, you know, Brian, Brian um, you know, he, I think he, he, he deserves a lot of praise for what he's doing today. Oh, definitely. You know, Big fan of Brian. Love Brian. Yeah, he's Good coming life. out and he's saying, listen, guys, my past was a load of rubbish, but if you can learn from my mistakes, then, you know, at least my life my life isn't worth, you know, it's went to something. Uh-huh. But um, Duffy was just um, a phenomenal, fast knockout machine. And, um, you know, he'd, um, I spoke to many old boxing coaches and they said he really was that decent. Wow. But obviously, the rest is history and he chose another path and... Well, you know, everyone knows the outcome. When you've got ex-professional boxers from obviously the Middlesbrough area who talk, and these yeah. were good boxers, even good amateur, very good standout amateur boxers from that area, when they say that he could have done well and done well, that you, you've got to take note of them because they're the guys who have been there, done that, and you've got to take their, you've got to take their, uh, like, their evaluation on board a little bit more than. You can like say his friends and stuff yeah, like that. Well, I've got um, I've got a really good friend called John Pierce. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when I grew up boxing, I grew up idolising him, and uh, he was a Commonwealth gold medalist, two-time ABA. Yeah. Uh, Carl Froch says in his book, he says, you know, the best person I ever thought was it wasn't Mikel Kessler, Andre Ward, it was John Pierce. <laughs> and uh, John Pierce, John Pierce said to me, he said one day, he said I was watching Lee Duffy on the bags, and he said. The exact word he said to me was, he just he looked a million dollars. He was so fast, he had everything. But you know, fortunately for him, and unfortunately for a lot of others, he um, you know, he just learned the basics of boxing, mm-hmm. and he put it in his um, in his own style, and he took it to the streets. And um, yeah, because he know, was built well, left wasn't left he? A lot of uh, trail of broken jaws and loose teeth in in the uh, Middlesbrough General Hospital. Uh, one thing that stood out was like his reach, the, the length, like the reach of his arms. Just even when he's got his arms folded, when it somewhat like it, it was weird. It, it even mentioned in the book, um, like he just had long arms, um, and that seemed to be a good advantage when, like you say, he was l- launching them attacks because it seemed to do the job every time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, I'll never forget speaking to, um, who was it? One of, one of Brian Cockrell's really close friends, and he was a friend of Lee Duffy, I wouldn't name him. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he said, if I could, if I had to go in a room to fight either one of them, he said, I'd go and fight Brian Cockrell. <laughs> he said, that, that, that doesn't mean he was less of a fighter. Yeah. You know, because obviously Brian's a, a, been a monster of his man in, the, in, in his prime, but he said, he said, the difference between the two, he said, Brian's, like well, I can I can vouch for this mm-hmm. for Brian personally. Is he's a nice man. He doesn't want to do bad things, you know. If, yeah. if Brian, if I had a story tomorrow 
of Brian hitting someone, it'd be because they've done something to his family, his wife or his brother. Yeah, it's um, meant You know, and he said, I'd, I'd rather go and fight Brian because he probably he eventually feels sorry for you. Where <laughs> Duffy, Duffy just had that ex, extra bit of badness about him where he really, really was out to do your damage. That's super spiteful. And, uh, yeah, he had that really bit of spite and... Um, you know, he had that in, as, a, as a boxer as well, Marty Turner told me, but, you know, he um, he didn't have the patience or the time, you know, I mean, could you imagine Lee Duffy going out doing the road work at five, six in the morning, <laughs> when, uh, you know, that, that was his time when he would just be going to bed. Oh, you know, that's his, right. His, his, his hours of the last year of his life were like six in the morning until one in the afternoon. Crikey. He pretty, he pretty, pretty much lived like a vampire, but he, he didn't have... He didn't have the discipline, he didn't have the, you know, he, um, it's Mike not- Turner said to me, uh-huh. he said, i seen him a few years back, just before his, his death, but I called in his car fight. And, uh, you know, and yeah. he said, he shouted to him, he said, Marty, I could have made it, couldn't I? And he said, you know what, Jamie, he said, he actually could have done, but obviously, you know, he didn't have the, um, mm-hmm. he didn't have what was needed to be a, 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 a professional fighter, basically, and he, you know, he chose another path. Yeah, so out of all the car- out of all the people you've wrote the books on, I, I, I didn't realise you had just you are. In, I, sorry, we'll knock. I'll reverse a little bit. Do you know this? Have you got any info on the sales film of when that is gonna when it's looking to be released? Uh, yeah, I have it's um. Well, it was supposed to. Get the trailer made this month. Yeah. Uh, obviously, COVID nineteen has just yeah, ruined everything. Yeah, it has. Um, so, you know, I know Steve Rafe was going to play Stephen. Uh, Melville Barnes was going to play Michael. Uh, well, Scary Fair. Yeah, he's actually from my area. The woods actually. Um, Melvin, yeah, he's from my right, area. Right, Paul Bendis was going to play Duffy. Alfie, Alfie, got his name. Um, gonna play John Sayed. Um, oh. you know the trailer was gonna be using the old footage of um, you know the radios, like you know the bulletins of yeah. the being arrested for uh-huh. allegedly doing these bank bank robberies. Right. And it was gonna be the actors running through the uh, the city of Newcastle, and oh. then it was obviously all gonna start next year. Oh. But obviously, with um, Great Britain's kind of being well, the whole world has been rocked. Yeah, it has. You know, I only assume that this is going to obviously um, have a knock-on effect. You know, I mean, you know, the last three years, all I've heard is people saying, "Where's your Paul Sykes film happening?" You, you know, you follow blah blah blah. No, oh. and you know, and uh, the, the the films take take time. Ah, oh, uh, we are due to start this September, <laughs> but obviously that's, it's just been knocked back. So yeah, I imagine um, the Sears film is going to be done by um, Gary Fraser, who made Train on Two. Oh, right. Uh, no. Yeah, the guy really knows the stuff. He's oh, two bastards. Um, so, you know, Steve Rafe basically said to me, he said, listen, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. Um, the writing the script now, you know, so, so, so basically... Um, you know, it's just all about, you know, Steve and John's and Michael's life. And, um, yeah, I've got to know them as well. Although I, I, I'm more familiar with Michael, um, mm-hmm. who I've got to say is probably the most happiest person I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> um, and he's absolutely cr- shit crazy, but I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, me and him really, really get on. Uh, I think I think he's a great guy. Really, probably the funniest person I've ever met as well. Wow. And uh, he'd, have, he'd have one hell of a book as well. But obviously, Michael, um, mm-hmm. he, he, he kind of shies away from the lab. You know, he's um, uh, you know, where Steve a bit more forward. Uh-huh. John, John shied a bit away from it. But, you know, but I, I, really nice people, genuine people. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for them. And, um I, I myself, like like everyone else, can't wait to watch it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for it. Uh, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to the Paul Sykes one as well. I'm, I'm looking for I'm just my main hope is out of this sales film that the late Duffy Tail gets, and with the help of your books, and obviously, I just hope that they put it in, put it on the screen. It needs to be told in full. I, th- I think just the way, just the way. Just the way he went about yeah, things. I mean, just needs to be done. <laughs> do, do you know something? I, I could have done, right? Um, I mean, I, I told Neil Boog this. Neil's never been in any part of whatever I've done. Uh, but we've become really close friends. Yeah. Uh, I said to him, I said, listen, I could have done six books on Duffy. Mm-hmm. You know, although he lived a short life, um, you know, one of his close friends said to me, he said, you could you could have done a, a book on, Lee, on, on Lee's life. In one of his days. Wow. And uh, I could have did, you know, there's all the Chopper Ray books, but I, I, mm-hmm. I promised, you know, I've done my two. And yeah. unless it was someone like a sibling or a best friend or mm-hmm. a child, I never would do another one I'm done. Um, I don't think anyone will ever come forward, you know. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's certainly going to be left by me. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that 100%? Is that you? Yeah, yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd drop everything tomorrow if Neil Boog rang me and said, write my book. Right. Uh-huh. I, I know Neil, and, he, and he's not going to push out the way from the line. Like, I've told him that, you know, yeah. to be honest, I've done his editing over the years, and I've said, listen, I think you've met a deal. <clears throat> you know, the deal I would give Neil Boog and Michael Sears, I wouldn't give to anyone on the planet. Right. Uh, but they, they wouldn't do it. And, um, you know, but, you know, I am going to do, the, I'm involved in the last documentary. Yeah, which that's is, enough. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> Our aim is to, well, it's obviously going to be Netflix. Uh, yeah. You know, I spoke to the film director the other day and he said, we're going to be going to the film festival with this. Oh, um, I look for it. You know, <laughs> we're going to be out with the drones in Middlesbrough flying above the town. What? Uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of people who weren't ready to talk to me for the first one. Uh, you know, I've got like, um, you know, the police will talk, retired police officer will talk to me. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, some yeah. kind of different. Yeah, I, you know, I it's, think I think people have come around and thought, well, you know, it's not actually a bad thing after all. But you know, I think I think when Paul Venice does portray mm-hmm. Lee, and I think what a, what a, what a chance for um, <clears throat> what a chance for Paul Venice as oh, well. Oh, definitely a hundred percent. You know, I I spoke to, to Laurie Duffy, God rest him, um, about two years back, and I said, look, I want to write a book on your brother. Yeah. And he said, look, I'd rather you not. And uh, I, I actually, for a few days, said, no, I'm going to leave it. Right. And uh, it was someone who said to me, listen, if you don't do this, someone else is going to come along and do it. So all I did was do it in the most respectful manner. And I, I did them books with, you know, with like, the Duffy family think I can't put that in. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, you know, close to Lane, who I've spoke to, know what I've, what I've left out. Um, You know, because I didn't want to upset people, I didn't want to, you know, um, but, you know, Laurie, God rest him, he said said to Paul Venice uh, about six months back, he said, listen, 
when Paul went to him and said, listen, I've got a chance to play your brother in the film. And again, he said the same thing. He said, I'd rather you didn't. But, oh. you know, I know personally, 150 people went for that part for Lee Duffy. Craigie. Now, if Paul Venice, if Paul Venice never took that part, right? Mm. Someone from Birmingham, Manchester, London, who were, you know, yeah. I don't think they would have got anyone as good. I mean, Paul, mm. like, Paul Venice is from Southbank, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, what? I think it's, I think that's completely written in the stars. That's um, it. Definitely, it, know, it, it would, it, it's going to come across as more. It, it, more, more authentic and especially with them being like you say from South Bank it, you can't really write that could you really well the thing is as well Paul Paul Venice had a really checkered past like um, like Lee Duffy as well right you know he was um, involved in fights and prisons and all this kind of thing and oh, right. uh, obviously he turned the corner where Lee never got the chance mm-hmm. yeah um, that's it obviously he died early Um you know, one guy I did mention and I used him um, is Graham Seed. Now, he never turned his life around until he was 32. Now, that was um, years older than Lee Duffy ever was. You know, so, yeah. you know, listen, I, I didn't know Lee Duffy. I never met him. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of research on him. I spoke to a hell of a lot of people who did know him. Uh, what I do know, he spoke to a priest three weeks before he died. He wanted to get out of the life. He cried. He'd be... You know, he's mm-hmm. bursting out with tears in front of his partner. Um, and maybe he might have changed it, you know, but we'll, ne- we'll never know. But um, I think there's a lot to be, to, to learn from his life because, you know, there's like, nothing glamorous. Um, no. Being pushing oh, up flowers at 26, 26 years old. No, that's he should not. be here now. He should be a dad. He should be the granddad, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's not. And um, I think it's very, very sad. But, you know, Paul Venice had to... Um, had to have a bit of a, a recap and think, well, you know, mm-hmm. do I take this part? And then, you know, well, I had a chat with him and I said, and it's a, this is, could change your life. Yeah, definitely, you know? 100%. It's a Tom, brilliant Tom, chance. Tom, Tom Hardy started from some something similar. And, uh, you know, Paul's a family man. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Paul's had a little bit of stick. But let me just say, now, listen, if someone rang me up tomorrow and said, Will you have this part playing a paedophile? I didn't put the chance. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's his chance to become it's, a professional actor and make something of his life. So, definitely. Um, so, yeah, Paul's a cracking lad as well. Really, really nice guy. So, Am um, I correct yeah. in saying that he's, he's doing the kickboxing and he's done, um, yeah, the kickboxing? He's it, it not done anything else. He's done boxing or anything like that. Is he skilled in that area? Uh, he's done he unlicensed boxing. Uh huh. Uh, never lost, okay. and then he done a professional uh, become a kick, kickboxer. Right. Uh, English, British, European, anyone a world title, and he never lost. So he's never ever lost in his life. Craigie. Um, <laughs> Very you know, similar. Really. On, um, on the on the podcast, Lee, I definitely I can give him a bell for you. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, some of his stuff's on YouTube, and he's uh, he certainly can fight. That's one thing for sure. Yeah, and obviously, well, he looks very much like. Uh, he, he does like the way his hair, his hair is. It, it, it's weird. It's it, it's it is it's very similar. It's, it's I like I say, I can't wait for it. It's just I've yeah. got your books to thank. I was I was only familiar with Lee with through. I think it's him tying his boxing boots or um, when he's bending down on that picture and he's looking up. Um, that was the oh, only picture. Yeah. That was the only picture I was familiar with, and it, it, like obviously, thanks to you, obviously I've yeah. dug in, had a look at the, read the 
both the books when they'd seen the documentary. Um, and cannot wait for the other one. Cannot wait for the sales. I mean, I mean New, Newport and Newcastle. Now I spent a lot, of, a lot of my time in Newcastle mm-hmm. in the last year. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously with Steve Rafe and the Sears and that, and I spoke to a lot of people, you know, and um, mm-hmm. he was well got in Newcastle. And he was, you know, at the end of the day, there was this young kid from the borough, and he'd walk up to Newcastle on his own, just in a pair of shorts. And mm-hmm. I don't know how big Newcastle is. I think it may be some of the eighth biggest city in Britain. But for Duffy to walk in that city on his own and demand to face like hard as Geordie. Yeah. They're, that, not, they're not things you read about every day. Definitely you know, and a lot not. of things of um with Lee Duffy was he never he never had a gang. He, he did all, you know, and that was the most scary thing about him. He just turned up like Darth Vader and That's you know, and it, Sorry, that's how I because my when I first got with my partner, we used to obviously you go to different people's houses with each other, and my partner was good friends with a, a, a girl from Middlesbrough who her she had some sort of relation who had obviously not, Lee hadn't done nothing to them, but that's how I become familiar with the name because she said that. He was a very, very hard man in that. He was just loved his music, apparently, or something. He loved the clubs. And obviously, now that I'm reading what I've read, of course he liked his music. And like I said... Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up most of my life, albeit a little time in Scotland, in Middlesbrough. And, um, yeah. you know, I grew up, like, I spent a lot of my time around well, boxing gyms. Uh-huh. So, you know, obviously he was dead in that time, but people were... 92, 93, when I was kind of boxing, uh-huh. everyone could talk about this name, um, and, and I grew up hearing it, listen, I'm not a, I've never been any kind of criminal or gangster or hard man, I'm yeah. just an author, yeah, um, but you know, and, and when I started writing books for a living, you know, I, I thought, I thought, hang on a minute, do I do Duffy, maybe it's a bit too close to home, and yeah. uh, you know, and in the end, I think it was, well, it was, it was Lee's mentor, Tommy Harrison, I was in his house a few times. And he said, I just half hard he put it to him and he said, no, it's a great idea, you need to do it. Um, and that's where it came from. So if it wasn't for him having that chat with him, I, you know, I would never, Yeah. I seemed to get like quite a bit of a backing at first because, you know, I didn't, it was all right, you know, uh-huh. kicking up a storm in Wakefield, 70 miles away. But obviously Middlesbrough was like where my parents lived, brothers and sisters. And, um, you know, it was... Obviously, it's uh, he's a man who brings high mixed emotions, in, in, in obviously in different uh, different ways. So yeah. you know, I had to really think about it. And, uh, you know, I still get it now. There's not a week goes by that you know some sixty-five year old man or some eighteen year old kid messages me. Yeah. <laughs> <to> go, <laughs> we're often to go and fight in a park. Oh God. And, uh, yeah, Jesus. yes, you know, and it's like, oh, fuck off. Just God. Go it, see, yeah, I, I'm just going to tell the listeners, we're not anywhere glamorising this man, Lee mm. Duffy, but just go and check him out. He's it, 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 it's such a young man to dominate at a young age, and and these aren't, it, these are bad people. These are drug dealers. These he's not going out harming old ladies or men children he's not going out hitting women this just go and check him out just very 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 interesting character who unfortunately met an untimely death um go and check him out so if you want to continue jamie sorry yeah um you know um, i mean 
mean, my basic field is, um, you know, is kind of football. Well, I'd like, I want to go. I was talking Bernie Slave and yesterday. I'm trying to get a foot in the football books. Yeah. Uh, you know, but right. it's predominantly boxing and true crime, which mm-hmm. them two, you know, they've always went hand in hand since the days of the mafia. Yeah, definitely. But um, you know, it's um, listen, why does true crime sell? It's, you know, everybody's uh, infatuated um, not, with true crime. Yeah, it's, everyone loves. Everyone loves why these people like this. You know, why was Paul Sykes the way he was? Why, why did Lee Duffy behave the way he was? It's, and it's, uh, you know, you know what? You'd be amazed, Lee, because my publishers often they'll ring me or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll text me and they'll say, "Guess who bought your book today?" And they'll <laughs> tell me some film star or they'll tell me some Premiership footballer. Crazy. And. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crackers. Oh, that's, conversation that's crazy, with that. <laughs> that's mental. That yeah, Jamie Carragher is obsessed with Paul Sykes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, just the weird... I can't mention it. it yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. Like one Premiership football manager, oh. um, obsessively Duffy, and, and so, you know, I get some like really Bloody big names full of messaging me and like, um, I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one. Um, <laughs> Have you seen Have you seen Snatch? Yes. Do you know Snatch. the guy who plays uh, Gorgeous George? <laughs> yeah, love Snatch. I, uh, I, I, all them types of films. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Adam Fogarty, I think he's called. He was an ex-boxer, rugby player. He's oh, he obviously he's now in he's now in films of um, Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro, and he <laughs> rang me one day just to, just to talk Jesus about Christ. Lee Duffy. And Paul Sykes, and I was like, wow. I would have been... How do you even know who I am? <laughs> How yeah, did that come um... about? <clears throat> did it, well, was it just as random as you've just said? Yeah, it was, it was a Facebook. I looked at my phone, I thought, who's that? And then he, he just ran me and said, blah, 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 blah. I, I want to ask you about so-and-so. And, you know, I often get, like, um, you know, kind of, like, famous. Like, if I meet people and they'll say... I ah, know, like, um, I got someone the other day who'd written the Essex Boys books, uh, and he's like, oh, I read all your books, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it grows you sometimes. But, yeah. It, you it's, know, can it's, I just uh, explain one, that? One thing it, I'm getting... I know I was just going to ex- sorry I'm going to explain because it's good where you've because you said that you've had loads of jobs and you never set out to be an author so for you to get no, them types it, 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 see for you to get them types of people saying that you've bought your books you're getting phone calls of famous actors it, it's going to give you such a such an adrenaline boost like it, 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 and just to strive on and keep Plowing through and doing better—it must be a great sense of achievement. It, it must be must feel good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, last year I got I got five lads and they, they drove past me in a car, <laughs> and they were like, I was on the floor and they move actually, and these lads just drove past and they were. Technology these days, guys. Lost them that. Gonna have to try and reconnect.
having a few technical issues here folks we will get back on Oh, here we are, folks. Hello, Jamie. <laughs> Hello, Hello. I'm not too sure what happened there, but it, it seemed to lose connection. It's, I tried phoning you back then. It said that you wanted another call. So I just took it off and then... I was, I was trying to ring you. I was trying to ring you. Are you still taping or...? Yeah, I'm t I've just started recording again now, mate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what I was saying is... um. Last year, um, when when the, the Duffy kind of hit the, the papers, yeah. it was uh, it's pretty massive news in, in Teesside anyway. And then there was a a, a lads, a, a gang of lads in the car, about five of them, <laughs> and they were like, "Stop the car!" Stared, and they were like, "Are you Jamie Boyle?" And I was like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. And they were like, "I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing?" They, no, they're gonna jump out of baseball bus, and they went. You're a fucking legend. <laughs> and, uh, I've had it. I've, I've had it. You know, the, like people in the town centre, but like oh, all people want to talk to me about is is um, Paul Sykes from in Wakefield and Lee Duffy and my Middlesbrough. But <laughs> it, obviously, I get the other side as well. Where you know, there's not a week goes by when um, I get people messaging me telling me I look like a middle-aged lesbian. Oh, but just no actual truth. That middle, uh, sorry, do you know what, Lee? Uh, actual truth. Yeah. They're actually right. Can't even deny it. Oh, give <laughs> on, So it's like, yeah, that's here, mate. Yeah, that's here. Keeps making loads of accounts. Tell me, I look like a lesbian. So if you listen to this, mate, I think uh, your sense of humour is bang on. And uh, <laughs> I can see your point. Yeah. But uh, you just laugh at yourself. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, that's it is, it. I go out and, you know, I do take it. I did take it bad. You know, when people are threatening my wife and kids and that. That's um, a different level, know, though, Jamie. That's on. That's when you. That shit's uncalled for. That. That's. That's just taking it far beyond. It's yeah, I've had people saying they're praying for me to get cancer and Fucking they're going to drive trucks through my house and all this and you know where. Sick bastard. You know now I can't act because you know if, if I ever react. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got a lot of lose, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of lose. Yeah, I've got a lot of lose. You know, I'm in the front of the papers. I mean, there was a mm. guy, if you, if you check him out, Tony the Fridge, and uh, he used to do a lot for charity from Hartlepool, and the clue was in the name. He, yeah. used to, uh, he used to run with a fridge on his back. Jesus Christ. And um, one day, <laughs> someone was abusing his wife and kids, so he reacted, and he, uh, he got arrested. I don't think he got prison, but it, it was something bad. Mm-hmm. But now if you Google if you Google Tony the Fridge, the first thing that comes up is that guy being a criminal and fighting. No, uh, I, I, I know enough people now, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I don't have to do anything myself. I can yeah. get someone to call and, yeah. you know, I'm certainly not going to, I'm 40 year old. Yeah. My boxing days are over. I'm not going to be meeting anyone. Yeah. Fight. But uh, you get them and, and I dare say you will leave if you keep doing podcasts and that. But yeah. it's life, isn't it? And, um, it is. It, my wife said at the minute. At the minute, it's uh, I'm getting it really bad. That's but I think it's just because I'm becoming more well known. Yeah, that's jealousy as well, mate. Honestly, that's when you. It's just when even when you look through it, everybody's got their haters. That's when you know you are doing something right. And do you know what? 
good on you. Who cares? Fuck the haters. Yeah, do say sad thoughts because a lot of these people have never even met me. Paul Paul Venice sent me the week a couple of months back. He went, Jamie, how come everyone hates you? Uh, <laughs> and I and I asked him. I said, I said, are these people from blah blah? I, I said, do you know what? Them they've never even met me. Yeah. You know, and it's like sad. So, you know, it's. it's it's a, it's a sad state, isn't it? But, it is, um, definitely. You know, I've paid £4,000 to charities the last three years. Jesus you know, Christ, man. Charities and, what charities, you know, what so, charities have you donated to? Uh, Middlebrook Cancer Ward, School, Bradley Lowry Foundation. Yep. Uh, what else? Um, a little girl, uh, sorry, a little boy who's got no yep. legs. Oh, of from the Duffy books. Um, and even the, the new documentary is going to be to... Um, uh, Neil Boo's grandson who's just lost his, his dad oh, wow. so at the minute he's a wow. seven year old boy who's um, going through counselling learning to live with our dad and you know it's a little nest egg for when yeah. he's 21 but nah, you know on you, um, on yeah you know we've, we've, we've done other bits and um, you know yeah. it's funny because all these people are a lot of, I mean last year I had a look and there was about 350 comments and 250 of them were really bad about me. Nah. And I had a look right in them, and I was like, hang on a minute, you sell crack? Nah. You sell heroin? No, nah, that's And it's like the lowest of the low, biggest pieces of shit who ruin society, mm-hmm. are out there, never a job in their lives. Do you know? And it's like, everybody how gets this. have the audacity to look down on anyone. Uh, people get this sense of braveness and like the and top dogs and everything behind the keyboard. But it it's them type of people who are quick to quick to judge, like you say. If if these people know that you give to these charities as well, that they, they are they're just pieces of shit, like you say. You've heard of people dealing drugs who've leaving com- negative comments, and however they're the scum of the earth, they should be they should be well gone. And for them to even it's, try and pass judgment on them, it defies belief. It defies belief, doesn't it? it you know, does. it's like- Jimmy Savile calling you a pervert, it's like, wow. <laughs> but, oh, um, that's a, yeah, it's not it's, a funny you know, matter, but... That, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not going to put me off. And, um, mm. you know, albeit, um, I've got 20 years in me writing books, but, um, um, yeah, it, it does get... You know, sometimes, you know, and I, I get down in the press and the wife said to me, you know, I mean, six years, seven years, I was where stacking shells in Asda. Wow. And, uh, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Do you know what no, I mean? But she's definitely. like, well, go get a job at Tesco, then if you can't have it. So anything in life, Lee, uh-huh. um, worth doing, always comes at a cost. But, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, very it's, right. a, it's, it's, it's if, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. That's 100%. You know, and, um, We've all been, a, we've all been at football matches when you've, when you've heard of footballers getting abuse and that. And, you know, these last couple of years, it's kind of really opened my eyes because you think, I just have so many people who hate me <laughs> and they've never even met me. Nah. But, um, yeah, it's life, isn't it? It's a horrible world we live in, my friend. Yeah. It's, going, on, going on from, like, the, the criminal side of stuff and yeah. these figures, where did your uh, love of boxing stem from? <clears throat> um, well, I was, like, an 11, 12-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Who were you growing up? Bench- Sorry? Who were your boxing heroes growing up? Uh, do you know what? I used to look up to people like Cornelius Carr in Middlesbrough and, uh, yeah. you know, I used to see him about and that. But I went in my, my mate's bedroom and uh, I, I used to look at his trophies and thought, I want some of them. I mm-hmm. want to be like you. So yeah. like, I just, you know, I started boxing for a few years. 
didn't didn't care. Most times, you know, get beat on points, and I'd mm. be like, do you know what? I, I, I just did this for the love. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, uh-huh. we can't all be superstars. No, but, that's uh, right. That's right. There's no shame in that. Yeah, boxing's a big passion. You know, I've always um, but I'm in the middle at the minute. Is open our own gym. Um, oh wow! The Stokes ABC. We've uh, all the community know about me now. It's been on the radio and all that, and it's. That's another, it's a positive thing for the community, Stokesley. Yeah, definitely, you know, um, 100%. Yeah. That's how you got, yeah, it, so it's all coaches in, put in place? Sorry? Is how you got all the coaches put in place? Are they all, are all, are they all got the certificates? Yeah, I've got, I've, I've, I'm all a friend of my, a lifelong friend of mine, Michael Devner. We've known each other, well, since we were boxing when we were like 14, 15. Wow. And, uh... Yeah, so we're, we're going to do it together. It was something we've always talked about for like 10 years. And, yeah. You know, now we, we, we put it into, uh, we're going to put it into fruition. So, yeah, hey. it's all, but just, you know, we've got a meeting with the council when everything goes back to normal and, you know, getting located with some premises. and Oh, brilliant. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a positive thing. That's um, very, very good, especially because a lot of people don't, re- well, a lot of people, whether they do realise or not, it, um. In the amateur game, these people who the the, the so pivotal in the sport, they're not getting paid for it. They're not getting they're not getting massive money for it. So for them to do that, it's so so important to communities, and just to give get the kids because the kids have got nothing on there. It's it, nothing to do. There's there's nothing for them. Basically, the youth clubs are getting closed down. So to have a gym to go to, poor, that's uh, it's definitely uh, that's yeah, uh, very surprising. About ten years back, I used to I gave up a few years of my life to uh, mm-hmm. coach at some gyms and that. And do you know what? When you've been to work Monday during the week, and uh, you know it's pissing down or snowing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. you've got to get up and going open that gym because you've got 20 kids who depend on you so it's a massive commitment to uh to, to make and you know hand off you don't get nothing for it it's only um you know it's it's you, yeah yeah you've got that not blown it i'm not talking about me but i no. think people who do that you've got to be some kind of special person um because it's a very it's a very uh unselfish act you know what i mean and, Definitely not, especially the cost of equipment, overheads for electric, it, it, everything adds up and you, you're never getting back what you put into it. it, 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 it that's a very good thing. I, I didn't know you were doing that. I, I didn't know that. That's, that's a very good yeah. thing. Very good thing. So on the professional scene, on like a, a more, uh, we're, we're, for, we're familiar with the names of Cornelius Carr and were obviously more recently you've got Bradley Saunders um, John Lewis Dickinson obviously we've got now uh, Joe Laws he's doing well for himself who on the on the broader scene on the world stage did you like like watching when you were when you were at boxing when you were doing well, boxing Chris Eubank Chris got me into boxing because mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I was a really good footballer as a kid. I uh, right. I played for Middlesbrough. Did you? Like when I was like eleven, Middlesbrough School of Excellence. Ah, right. And, uh, yeah, I was watching Saint uh, program called Saint Greavesy, and uh, I just wanted the football to come on. And then all of a sudden, this Nigel Ben Eubank 
um, thing come on. I was like, and that was the fact that, and you know, I suppose, I mean, I've written a book called Tales of Pugilism. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be, I'll be on the boxes, line. A, a, few, a few boxes you just mentioned are in it. John Lewis Dickinson, uh, not calling his car, Peter Richards, yeah, a few not, North Stars, our yeah. mutual friend Andrew Buchanan's in it. Oh, right. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I've got him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a book, why do people get punched in the face for enjoyment or for a living? Yeah. That, um, you know, but well, yeah, I've always, I've always been interested in the British boxers rather than the world scene. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm talking to, well, I've been chatting to uh, Ricky Burns' as manager about oh, right. the possible, you know, I mean, there's some some people's books I'd literally do for free. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. a massive, I'm a big hero man. Yeah, free world champion. Um, oh, definitely. You know, and it's stuff, like that, stuff like that, like you just think, wow. Do you know what I mean? I'd do it for free. Yeah. Never happened being paid. But, what fascinates you know, me about Ricky? He even working at his sports shop when he was world champion. That uh, you just didn't hear of that. That's it's crazy. No, not at all. And um, Josh Warren's another one. Yeah, uh-huh. I knew him. I knew him before he was famous. Wow. Um, well, before he was well, about ten years back, and I put him in tales of pugilism. Um, yeah. we've kind of kept in touch, and you know, I think. Well, even when I've had my bad days with the trolls, mm-hmm. seen people like Josh Warren, um. James English, Steve Rafe, wow. they get trolled, and they're the nicest guys in the world. Yeah, some of the I mean? people's, some of the stuff that gets sent to Steve, my God, he sent, he showed one of them not too long ago. Oh my God, you, you, some of these people, wow, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I couldn't even imagine. Oh it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just finished writing Steve Rafe's book, which is out next. Which is out next week, Happy Boy's Dream. Wow. Um, you know, and I've I've read all sorts. Eighty uh, percent of the time, it comes from the Sunderland forums. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's had people threatening to rape his wife. Oh and, my god! You know, oh, just absolute monstrosities that I couldn't even repeat. And, uh, wow. Do you know what the guy's just the guy's just a family man out out working a living. And, um, you know, just because he sports Newcastle United, nah. you know, yeah, you know, just because I write books about true crime, Bloody you know, one, one troll said to me the other month, and I, I, had to, I couldn't believe it, he said, I, I mean, he said, I and can't stand that Jamie Boyle, he said, all he does is manipulate Brian Cockrell and makes him two things he doesn't want to do, what? and I thought, hang on a minute. Can you see this planning out? Me grabbing all the Brian Cockrell saying, right, Brian, you better do this now or else. I'm effing warning you, Brian. I'm warning you. Oh. I just can't see how that, do you know what I mean? So, I, 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 I don't see the logic in that. Yeah. And, and anyone I do a book with gets as much out of it as me. No, unless that's... I'm writing my own book and, you know, and I'll always give him a free book or, you know. Um, yeah.
They'll be yeah, sitting in the man's basement in a little corner, and these guys are. Uh, and that's it's it's easy for me to sit here and say, uh, try not to get too down about it. But when you're being bombarded like that, I, I kind of you've got to have thick skin, man. Thick, thick skin. Yeah, well, Neil, Neil Boo says to me, he said, Jamie, you've got skin like a rhinoceros. And, you know, some of my mates text me and they say, have you seen that? And I'm saying that and I'm like, I'd rather not go. And they're like, doesn't it bother you? And, you know, I'm probably like three years into it now. Do you know what I mean? So, God. you know, listen, I'm not going to be put off. I've had all kinds ringing me, threatening, going to do this, going to do that. And I'm not going to be put off by anyone as well. Do you know That's what I mean? Right. John Pierce said to me, he said, Jamie, there's only probably you who would have done them Lee Duffy's books because you're not all there and you're like really, you're really odd and strange. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's like you're really gay. And, uh, you know, Brian said the same because obviously I did a, another book on uh, somebody else. And listen, it wasn't me. I was just an author, you know, uh, writing down what they yeah. told me. And this this person basically went to town on Brian. Ooh. And, uh, you know, when he first rang me, he went, is that Jamie Boyle when it's Brian Cotton? I was like, no, it's not. Oh. To be honest, I, I forgot how many times I was threatened with Brian Cotton before I was like, become friends with him. Yeah. And uh, after about 15 seconds, I realised his voice matched up with the McIntyre documentary. And oh, I said, look God. at me. <laughs> I said, look, probably not your favourite person, but, you know, I said, I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. clues in the name. I'm just just uh, a true crime journalist or an author or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, and he said to me, he said, Jamie, I couldn't stand you before. He said, <laughs> you know, he said, he said, rather than hide, like loads of other people, he said, you come looking for me. You know, and it's like, so, you know, I'm not going to be put off by anyone. Yeah. I think it's probably because I'm a bit odd that I'm a commander to do what I do and, and you know, and just... That's how good know, friendships start. <laughs> I think Steve Rafe gets it. And what he does is like what Winston Churchill used to do. What he'll do, he'll just turn his phone off uh-huh. and he'll have a cup of tea. And that's the, everything, I, I've never had a cup of tea in my life. I don't drink hot drinks. Uh-huh. But when he gets abused, he turns his laptop or his phone off and he'll have a cup of tea. Wow. What Winston Churchill used to do. And um, it worked for him. So uh-huh. there must be some magic in it. Because um, uh-huh. obviously you see what Steve gets. But, uh-huh. you know, it's uh, it's not going to die anytime soon. You know, Definitely. I'm going to get worse. But, yeah, yeah it's life. But so you were mentioning at the start of the podcast that um, you couldn't see Brian is until when was it? Sorry, uh, July? Did you say? Yeah, I uh, well, I spoke to him today on the last night, and um, <laughs> well, he actually had Corona. <clears throat> wow! He touched the gold at one point. Really? He had pneumonia, and then he had that. He was in like James Cook Hospital. Wow! And, you know, his missus was like, he was. Literally read the last rites. Wow. Uh, he was on death's door, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and so, you know, so he's not going to come out and take any chances. So it doesn't look like it's going to go back to normal till July. Um, wow. So I'm going to write Train the Brian Cockrell Way and I'm going to do the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Brian Cockrell was once upon a time out 10 stone. Um, in 1985, he was 12 stone. And then in 1991, when he fought Duffy, he was 24 stone. So, Jesus Christ. you know, yeah, he put two stone on a year. Yes, there is. Obviously, I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult anyone's intelligence mm-hmm. and say it was all done 
by Mother Nature's recipe because it wasn't. But mm-hmm. you know, Brian, he has. Um, I've never met anyone who has the knowledge on diets, um, training, all this. So obviously, looking inside Brian Copple's head mm-hmm. would make an incredible, invaluable book for someone who's into. You know, your training, your diets, wanting to get big. Even that... Yeah, because it's super specimen. I mean, the size of them. In that documentary alone, I mean, Jesus Christ. Just... I I couldn't imagine them, like, like 15 years previous, of just how Mm. much of a... Like, a dominant force he could have... Would have... Like, he was... Sorry. um, Because... to, to live the life Brian has lived, he, in theory, I mean, he shouldn't be here. If that, if that, that's not being in a disrespectful. But no, I'm no, actually, no. Do you know something? I, I said that. Um, I think I even said it in the book. I said, listen, you know, <clears throat> you should have been killed twenty times, thirty times over, uh-huh. and no one would have batted an eyelid. And do you know what? When you when you went to heaven or went to hell, you wouldn't have had any. You know why am I dead? You had a, you should have been dead, and um, yeah. you know I don't know why. Only only him up there, or him down below, uh, <laughs> know, knows why Brian's still here. But you know I'd like to think it's for um, um, divine intervention. You know maybe you know a, a spiritualist said to Brian twenty years ago, said you're going to do great things in years to come, and Brian just thought, shut up, you idiot, <laughs> took his drug and. He said, "No, and yes, to come. You're gonna, you know, you do some the authorities, and that's what we're doing now. We've been in schools, youth clubs. Yeah. Obviously, the next, the next step is to go into the prisons, and um, he's fully DBS checked now. You know, and yeah. um, who would have thought that? You know, yeah. I'm not gonna bullshit anyone. He was a bad guy years ago. Yeah. Done some, done some bad things, um, things he isn't proud of, but." You know, he's changed his life around, and um, yeah, that's the main know, I, thing. I, I know on a personal level, some of the stuff I've made him do, I've, I've got him to ring people up and go to people's houses, and it's just little kids struggling with depression, and he hasn't done that for any kind of money. Wow. You know, so I think I'm not gonna, you know, there's people up there who think, "Oh, shut up, you're an idiot. If you don't mm. talk about Brian and me." Yeah. But, yeah, maybe so, but I think. I think how I describe how I would sum Brian Cockle up is he's a good man who's done a lot of bad things. Yeah, that's see that it, that's even more, I, I didn't know he was wanting to go into the prisons as well. Um, I, I believe he will be able to change a lot of people in the prison as well because his message is probably one of the most powerfulest. Um, I know you've got like Stephen French, aka the Devil from uh, Liverpool, who he he was a successful tax man, but. It, 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 Brian himself to it, it, he's kept himself on the because he was and again I'm not glamorizing it I'm not saying that it's right but he was successful at it if that if that sounds silly enough to say yeah I mean how can I put it in a context um, as far as going up the criminal ladder goes he was mm. at the top uh, that's not my opinion. I spoke to, uh, I won't mention his name, but mm-hmm. I spoke to a, a figure from a retired Cleveland police figure the other week. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, oh, I said, I remember that bastard. I couldn't stand him and he gave us all problems. And then he said, you know what? I never thought I'd see the day. And he said, I'll take me out to him fair play. 
Um, oh. And that was that was Imagine. once upon a time a man who lived, who got up, and you know, in, in Brian's book, one chapter was called Operation Gorilla because <laughs> that's what the police called, that's what the police called it. I wonder why. Well, um, I wonder yeah, why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, they were just you know they were obsessed and. Listen, Brian brought her himself, and yeah. you know, by rights, by rights, he should have been given a nice fourteen-year of his ass. <laughs> but he, you know, I think the only prison sentence he had had been on remand or driving. Yeah, I, um, I was fascinated. I keep saying the word fascinated, but that's what I am. I'm fascinated with these subjects. The story about how he was only in there for those little lengths of time, but how orderly the prison actually was when Brian was in prison was, I found that quite, when he said that the prison officers said they wished that he was there more often because it, it ran smoother and stuff like that. I was just thinking, uh, that's, 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 that's a powerful, respectful guy. Yeah, I mean, now, you know what? I dare say, what is he, 55 year old? His best days are long gone. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope he's not listening, but <laughs> you know, he, he, he's an old man. Yeah. But you know, he, his voice—you know—he's got enough authority. If he, he doesn't have mm. to be nasty to anyone now, if he just no. phones someone up and says, "Listen, yeah. this isn't the way to go forward," and mm -hmm. you know, I was um, we went to a naughty boys' school in Thornaby. We went to one to Peter Peter Lee. February um, yeah. and the kids were just like in awe do you know what I mean it was, yeah. you just thought there'd been some kind of film star was there <laughs> and all these kids all these kids like 16, 17, 18 thought it was cool to sell drugs and wow. you know and they were just like and he just said listen it's a load of crap and he was showing them scars and stab wounds and yeah. you know just, it's not glamorous you know no, Lee Duffy as I said he'd have been 55 my you know, God. he's not gonna he's not gonna get to see his kids being married. Uh and for what? In yeah. death he achieved a lifetime of immortality, but you know, when people slag him off and say he was a monster, hang on a minute, that kid paid off his life. He paid off the ultimate price and yeah, no coming back from that and you know, and it's it's you know That's why maybe I think if he was in he'd he'd do it all differently again, but he didn't and he's uh he didn't get another chance, did he? No, that's why I think it's uh, very powerful coming from Brian's voice because the amount of things that that man's been through and for him, like you say, to show them scars, the wounds, them stories, it it, it just, and it, from a big man, because it, 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 he is still a big guy. It, it's, it, it serves some premise because I, th I think you, when somebody like that, you, you are going to sit there and listen because to, to me, if you don't sit and listen to somebody like that, you're ignorant or arrogant because, the, like you said, the the message is powerful and it needs to be heard. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and um, do you know what? He's now he's he's on with um, <clears throat> the knife crime. Um, you know, I mean, when I share stuff on Twitter, the mayor of Middlesbrough, you know, wow. it, it, because he sees the work Brian trying to do, he's, he likes it, he'll share it, and you know, and it's. It's, listen, yes, he was a bad guy, but you know what? There's, there's a saying, every sinner has a past, every sin has a future. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. It was by Oscar Wilde anyway. And um, do you know what? And was he, he might have another 30 years left on the planet. And uh, 
I tell you what, if, he, if Brian's putting an act on, he's got me fooled because, yeah. you know, he's only involved in positive stuff now. Um, <clears throat> I'm admin on his, on his business page. Um, and you should see the messages we get. Oh, Brian, can I pay you to go and have a word to so and so? Can you do this? And he can't do any of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, imagine, imagine if you know I spent this time with Brian, mm-hmm. and I wake up, find the paper tomorrow, and Brian Cockrell's in the front paper, fifty million pounds worth of cocaine, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I might as well be in books and yeah. do you know what he's like the biggest piece of shit middle has ever seen so it's, he knows he's in last chance alone mm-hmm. you know I thought it was quite touching on the end of his book when he said listen thanks thanks for giving me another chance you know wow. and if you see me don't be scared come up and give me a cuddle and then I'll know you about the book and wow yeah you know it's he's, he's very approachable he's just um, he's yeah, I hope he's not listening, but he's soft as shite. <laughs> he's just a big, big cuddly teddy bear. He's, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he scared him out of God's sake, do you know what I mean? So he's, he's uh, but yeah, he's, he's doing good things in life, fair play to him. Yeah, it's, I'm not by any means agreeing that he's soft as shite, because just the very name of Brian Cockrell, bloody hell, that is just enough to scare. Well, I don't know, yeah. it's, it's enough to scare any man. How is it? Definitely is. Um, Jamie, I'm, we're going to have to maybe just wrap it up there, mate, because... Um, yeah, absolutely. I've, yeah, I've, I've only got, like, a limited time on the stream, and, uh, like, a stream bandwidth. I've only got so many, like, storage to play with, so um, until I get it upgraded. But, um, it, honestly, it's it, it, great having you on the podcast, and I'm... I'm Please the class here as a friend. I'm, I'm honestly I can't wait for the stuff that's coming up, like what's in the pipeline for coming out. Um, before you go, before we go, would you like to plug anything else? Uh, just just basically, um, you know, I, you know, I mean, Brian's <clears throat> Brian's Facebook. Someone said to me the other day, I read it and on every page he's battering ten men. You know, that's not what this second one's about. And if he'd, if he'd have asked me to do something that, I wouldn't have done it. Because, you know, yeah. I think they're quite, quite cringy. Uh-huh. You know, in all my 15 books, although, <clears throat> although most of them are about, you know, alleged bad guys or, you know, not yeah. all of them, but probably 10 of the 15, then there's a message in there, you know, what can you learn from? And, you know, I, I always, you know, Paul Sykes died in the gutter. You know, there's, there's a message, there's a, you know, something to be learned from. I never glamorise anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and basically you can just get all my 15 um, books on Amazon, Waterstones. Uh, also, I've done two documentaries, um, The Resurrection of Brian Cockrell and The Hole of the Moon, which is Lee Duffy. Yeah. Uh, and just more to come, Lee. More to come from me. So the trolls, um, I might look like a fat lesbian, <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going away anytime soon. Uh, can kiss your ass, and I'll put the links in the uh, description box on YouTube, Jamie, so people can just click thank on you, that. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to press stop now? I can have a chat with you, sir. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Right. <clears throat> right.